It's showtime! Welcome to our show that celebrates my love for all things musicals. And today we incautiously invite you to pull up a chair as we pride present to you Beauty and the Beast. So before we get going, let me just tell you a little bit about our show. Beauty and the Beast. A wandering enchantress transforms a cruel and bane prince into a hideous beast, leaving him only one way to reverse the curse, fall in love with another and earn her love in return. Our principal cast features Belle, the Beast, Gaston, Lifu, Lumiere, Mrs. Potts, Chip, Cogsworth, Babette, Madame de la Grande Bouche, Maurice, Monsieur de Arc. Okay, there's so let's start by telling you what I love about the show Beauty and the Beast. All I love is that it's a classic fairy tale. And it's a very interesting new new way to retell tell it. Because we've all probably seen, you know, the film, you know, the original version, um, or the um, the most the, the live action version that was in twenty seventeen. So we all have an idea of what the story's like. But of course, with a musical, you get an opportunity to retell it in an interesting, unique way. Although I think what is quite interesting is how it's pretty much very most of the plots are the same. I mean, you've still got the characters you recognise. We've got. Most of the songs we recognise, obviously a few added in, obviously because obviously remember some musicals, you've got, so of course we can't do a musical with just eight songs. Although as I've learned recently from six, you can have a musical with just eight songs, providing it's a one-act show. So there we go, so we're blessed to, so we're blessed to be new, haven't we? <laughs> so yeah, but on this occasion, no, you can't do it without, um, with just eight, but the song, but yeah, yeah, yeah the songs from the original, from the film are there, added in with some new ones, we'll talk more about in a moment. But, yeah, but a lot of the things from the, from the, from the film Big Beast that you, that you recognise is pretty much there. The setting is still the same. The characters are all there we all know and love. And got some of the songs we all know and love. I love. Um, which I suppose, if I have to say, give it a little drawback. That sort of does mean we don't really get opportunity, I think, for cat. Right, cat. Remember, normally in musical adaptation, you get opportunity to develop the story a bit more. You get to develop some of the characters a bit more. I'm not really sure if we got that, which is a little bit of a shame. But at the end of the day... Um, the story is pretty much the same, you know, we all, we know how it, how it goes, it's just, it's so beautiful. What I really love is that French setting, um, it's just so, it's just beautiful and gorgeous set in, um, stunning France, it's absolutely, um, beautiful. Um, I love the, the cat, uh, the design in the Beast's cat castle, it just gives it that sort of rural, um, by, you know, like it's been there for, fa for like for hundreds and hundreds of years, like it could be what? Late, um, actually, let me look it up when Beauty Beast is there because it's set quite in um, late hundreds. Um, so, let me, let me look it so it's set in. One second. Ah, so it takes 
Right, Speed of Beast takes place in the mid so the mid seventeen hundreds. Um, so, what century is that? Fifteen, sixteen. Get a bit like that up. <laughs> oh, the eighteenth. <laughs> I was nowhere near. <laughs> so it's set. So it's set during eighteenth century France. Although what I do love about the, ca about the castle setting is that it looks like it could have been there. Why? To what my guesses were, so at fifty or six century. Century. It looks quite. Very stunning, it's just so, so marble and gorgeous. It's just very, very raw, very rustic. Gives that sort of real, real curb appeal, that real fre French appeal. It's just so uh, lovely and gorgeous. It just really is just stunning. All oh, everyone's costumes, they always look so gorgeous as well. It just really, it just kind of feels like you managed to capture that, um, the, the time period. So be beautifully um, in this story. I think it's absolutely beautiful how they managed to do, do that with all the raw settings and the costumes and everything. It just makes you feel like you actually are in the time period that we are in for this this musical, which is absolutely gorgeous and stunning. It really catches that as well, uh, <clears throat> while sticking to the story at the same time. Um, and all those characters, characters that we all know and love all there, it's just so, so great. So it's like you go to go, oh look there's there's Belle and all those all those castles, all those Libya Libby. So you get to re just recognise all these cats that you know and have loved from the film. You get to see them all. It's just absolutely, absolutely wonderful. I would have loved it if we could maybe had some cats at the Birdman, I think. Because when because with a musical adaptation, you always think is there opportunity to do to maybe to develop um some of the characters, is there opportunity to maybe grow on their backstories, is opportunity to develop to delve in what the film didn't do. Um I don't think we really get an opportunity, which is a bit of a shame. Although I feel a few characters do get a bit more additional work to do than they did, did in the film. We'll talk more about that later on when we dive into uh, talk about the characters in general. But I do think Swallow to Swallow 2, and uh, there's one in particular, but we're going to keep be guessing until we get later on in the show. Uh, there is one in particular that I think has been given definitely a lot more work than they had in... Yeah, I was careful about using the pronouns to make sure I don't give away if it's, if it's a boy or a girl. Or a girl. <laughs> but I think that one particular character just gets the opportunity to have more work than they did in the first one. So that in the film, so that's a good opportunity there. Um, <clears throat> but it's lovely. All the characters that you recognise are there. If you go to that set of film, ah, this is the same story. It's like what I've known, known, known from the film. It's just so wonderful. All that, and they're all there. As are so most of the songs that are all there, because all the songs from the first from the film have been so all eight from the first from the film they are in there and they get added in with some extra additional additional songs we have a lot of reprises as we are going to discover later on there are there are a lot of reprises in this musical now i've got no problem with a reprise now i'll say it again when we get to musical number seven i've got no problem with a reprise but don't but what i do have a problem with a reprise is if it happens literally straight after the number's taken place i think for a reprise you should maybe put Put it in a couple of scenes after the song, and then we have a nice little addition again, rather than just literally straight afterwards. Because it feels like an extension to the song. But I'd say we'll talk about that moment when we get to the musical numbers. But but speaking of musical, what I love is how some of the new ones that have been that have been put in the musical, they kind of slot in really really well. Because normally when you have to have an additional numbers, um, they normally allow the Batman 
and growth. And you can already tell that, oh, right, we've got... The story's been kind of adapted, so, oh, we've got to allow this new in. I don't think we get that. I feel what is quite amazing here with what BDB does is it's is my issue just slot these new numbers in nice and neatly it's like they never it's like they would all have always been there so it's brilliant genius because normally with they'll be doing a musical adaptation of a well-known work you kind of need to add those extra numbers in to you know help develop the story a bit and normally you can, when you watch people you can tell oh right yeah we've got hang on because obviously this is a new number normally you can tell but for this show I think this is what makes it work brilliantly. I couldn't tell that. I couldn't tell that, oh, with, with, without slotting in a new number. I just think they just all just kind of pieced together. I just fit themselves in nice and neatly. And it just sort of felt like, well, these numbers have been there all, all, all the time. It's been there all the time, which I never noticed. But, of course, they, have obviously, they are obviously new numbers written for the musical. But I think it was brilliant. They managed to make themselves slot in nice and neatly. With all the well-known classics, like obviously Be Our Guest, Beauty and the Beast and all that. They're just slotting with the classics really, really well. It just makes you feel like we've ne they have always been there from the very beginning. It's just it's absolutely, absolutely brilliant. It's absolutely really, really brilliant. I just love it. We'll talk, we'll talk more of that in depth a little bit later on. But, oh, no, it's just it's wonderful. It's just such a... And what I love how how, how, how simplicity this is. Um, it's so simple. Because I don't think there's, there's not really that many sort of big special effects or props or people coming through trap doors <laughs> or being hung on the wires <laughs> it's just a nice simple musical because sometimes less is more okay you know sometimes less is more people i think this musical brilliantly cats songs that up nice and neat for a nice little french bow less is more and what i love is you've got because sometimes to put a great musical all you need is Decent, a decent story. Cat, great car characters, and a stunning soundtrack. Those are all the, the, the three key ingredients you need to make an, a smash hit musical, and you've got them all in this musical. Nice there, and you don't, without any need was like special effects or props and all that or any hot contractions. It's just you just let the characters just do, just do tell the story out. Any additional assistance, and it just sort of works brilliantly. It's it makes for a very nice, simple show that you could that you could easily put on anywhere. I think this musical you could literally take it anywhere, and it would work because all you'd need is just the characters, your the scenery, and your cost your costumes, and of course the orchestra. Apart from that, we don't really need anything else because obviously it's a very just it's just like a very nice, simple, simple musical. Um, which is good because sometimes it, it it some of those. Digital effects can be quite distracting, um, but I get sometimes money on you. But I think most of the time they can be quite distracting. Whereas here we don't really have that. It's just nice and simple and gentle. It's just like a simple musical. It's just like you've got all the pieces there. And we've got um, it's like you don't need anything else. It's just brilliant. It's just it's actually really. It's got all the pieces you need. It's got the music, got the story, got the characters. You just need that, and it's like God, I just love that. So it's like it's a very simple music musical. Um, yeah, because it's a, it's a, it's a very, because it's, it's a fairy tale story. You got to have that essence of a fa of a fairy tale, um, and I feel like I feel like we are. I feel like I am watching a, fa a fairy a fairy tale um, being being performed on to uh, to musical numbers. 
<laughs> That's kind of how I feel, because obviously it's just so gentle, it's so tranquil, it's just so simple. Um, it always feels like you are watching a fairy tale being retold on, on the stage without surrounded by music. Um, and you could easily put this in any Disney parks. You could easily do like an like a adaptation and put it in a Disney parks. Just pick some of the babes, pick pick some of the best bits and just do that. Like a show reel you could have in the parks. Yeah. So it just works. But it all works quite brilliantly. Um, and it just brings it together. Um, particularly, I just can't get how wonderful the new, the new numbers work. Because normally when you watch a musical adaptation of, of, of a well-known work, you can kind of tell when, oh, there's there's something new coming in to, that's to allow um, a, a musical number to be written for the show to come in. You can, you can normally tell in the story when something's new, something's not. But for this, I didn't think I noticed could tell that at all. I just felt all these new numbers, they just literally just slotted into place nice and neatly. They just, just, just... It's kind of slotted in. It just, it just works really, really well. It just works so well together, and they just sort of fit in with the new num with the, with the numbers we know from the film. So really, it's just so so wonderful. They're all there. Just there's too many reprises. Too many reprises. Too many reprises there. Um, I would love to maybe to see more more character growth. Like if you could maybe about the story a little bit, maybe not maybe not make more too. Because basically, it kind of is mostly the, the film scene by scene. It's, it's sort of mostly sort of is scene by scene. There's not really sort of additional di uh, dialogue there or or additional scenes where oh, it sort of debates away from the source It's kind of very simple, almost like a complete word for word adaptation. Um, and for me, I just felt, I just felt maybe it had a little character growth. Like I don't know who who want to give the growth to. Maybe we could. Maybe, maybe for the staff, you know, because obviously the curse was placed on the beast, but of course all the castle staff get affected too. I'd be interested to see how how they their side of it, how they feel about see what the curse is like from their side. That could have been a character kind of like obviously Cogsworth, Lumiere, his pots, Babette, Madame de la Grande Bouge, get their perspectives. Um, I mean, obviously they've got their stats, those songs that do. That do try to prefer perspectives, but for me that's just not quite enough. That's just not not quite enough. We need we need I need I want a little bit more. Um uh, it would have been nice because I like cats a bit more. Um and not just that you could also maybe develop some of the other cats a bit more. Well like some of the human cats as well, you could maybe develop them a bit more. Um but yeah, but so sadly we didn't really get that, which is a bit of a shame. Um But some characters do get a bit more involvement. Than they originally did, and as I'm saying, I'm keeping that as a surprise. We get to talk about the character a little bit later, later on. So, but yeah. But all in all, what I do think is great is how you can recognize, you do recognize all the bits that you know from the film are there. You got all the, so you, so you got all the characters are there that you don't want to love. You've got all the songs that you know, and they probably sang out in, into the out in the car all loads of times. They're there, plus with. Some new numbers, but of course you don't really notice that because they just slot in nice and neatly. And of course the settings there as well. They capture that setting absolutely really, really that French landscape, which is absolutely beautiful and gorgeous. They literally capture that really, 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 
really. And I just, it's just so simple. I just love, just love how so simple it is. You could literally perform it anywhere and you just, it'd be, all, it'd be gorgeous. So it's like, it's just such a really, it's just wonderful scenery. Um, because all these new musical adaptations, they've actually gone for big bang shebang. Whereas this is just more nice, nice, gentle, calm, and very simple, which I think is what we kind of need because it's a simple story. You could use it's a very simple story, Beauty the Beast. You don't you don't need a lot to tell the story. Like you just you just need the characters, the songs, and the, the setting. That's pretty much all you need to put it on. It works. It works absolutely beautiful because you don't need any of these other special effects. You don't need any other props. It just works brilliantly as it is. Like I say, these new numbers really help the musical a lot. It's quite them. They are quite emotional new numbers, which got to say. So, but it does help to give that scope or to bring up the ante, bring that emo more emotional side out. Particularly for some cat characters that you probably didn't expect how much loss I have. Well, these numbers really help to actually portray that. So, yeah, so, so, you get, so you do get to see different sides of some of the characters that you've, not, you've come to want to love for how many years it's been now. What, 30? Probably well over 30 years now. Um, or more. But, yeah, so that's the beauty of because you get obviously to see some of the characters a different, 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 different sides of them for mostly. But, all of it, it's an absolutely It's absolutely gorgeous. It's quite stunning. It's just so simple. And... You have such a wonderful musical adaptation. Alright, it's now time to talk about the musical numbers. So excited, looking forward to this one. So, as I've already mentioned, what I really, really love about the soundtrack to this musical is how you've got all your fav your favourites from the film there. So all eight numbers from the um, the source material are there. So um, I won't name them now because obviously we're going to do that at the moment. They're all there. But what I also love is obviously of course if you're musical, you, you also need more than eight. You get lots of great new numbers. What I've loved is how they just easily just slot in to the story without any use any additional dialogue or any additional scenes. They just sort of slot in and just gel nice and neatly with, all the, with, with the original numbers. It just absolutely works brilliantly. You hardly can tell whether, if it's a new number or not. That is absolutely genius. And I don't think I felt it with any other musical. With any other musical, particularly if it's an, uh, if it's an adaptation from a famous work, I've never been able to tell when there's, oh, Right, yeah, that's just that's that's new because we got to have a number number in there. Or well, that's not the original. I can only tell when. Oh, you can tell there's a number coming that's not been that's just that's been written for the musical because of the da da da. But this couldn't tell. Couldn't tell. The story was still going on seamlessly. You know we had these numbers in, so absolutely right. So you know the drill by now. We always like to talk. We we always talk, talk about each musical number from both acts. And try to pick a favourite, but as you always know, ends up being more than one. So here we go. At one, we've got Obershaw, Prologue, Bell, No Matter What. You then got the 
reprise of no matter what. There's lots of reprises here. She has a bear in here. See, they've got the reprise of no matter what. Me. Belle. You've got a reprise of Belle. I should say. Home. You've got another reprise of Home. Gaston. A reprise of Gaston. How long must this go on? Be our guest. And we finish at one with if I can't love her. Right. There are loads of priests in this musical. Like I said earlier on, I don't mind a reprise. I don't mind having a reprise. A reprise is good every now and again. Just as long as it's sort of slotted in a couple of scenes after the song you're going to do the reprise from. Because if you do it straight after the, after the song, it's just, it's, it's almost like an extension. Whereas if you do like a couple of scenes afterwards, they go, ah, it feels like a reprise, but I... Right, so, so... Let's just start, shall we? So, prologue is kind of basically just, you know, set the scene, you know, get it to the narrator. It's not really a musical number, but it's... You kind of get like a little score, the narrator's narrating the, the story of him. So, our first main number is kind of bell. And what about here is it's an opportunity for you to meet the whole human side of the cast, so, so you get an opportunity to be introduced to the town, you get a good idea what what town life is like there, obviously we meet obviously our main characters, Belle and Gaston, you get a good idea of their, their characters, it's not easy to see what Belle's like, what Belle's like, well I love his heart, she's just literally just so carefree, free-spirited, just literally just ignoring everybody else around her, it's just like, she's just, just focusing on herself, it's absolutely uh, brilliant, but you always kind of wonder, with this number. Is it supposed to be a song for Belle? Or is it an ensemble number where everyone's got how much just taking swipes at her? That's why I really can't tell. It's like whose song is it supposed to be? So then goes on to the no, um, no Matter What. I just love this. I love this. What I love about Maurice, and we'll talk more um, in a moment when we get onto the characters, what I love is how he gets on to sing. Because I'm trying to think back to the film. Does Maurice sing? Does Maurice get, a, get to sing in the film? That's what I'm trying to think. I cannot remember a point in the film where Maurice sings. I'm going to have to look this up. I'm going to have to go and watch the original film again and check it through, frame by frame. Does Maurice sing? Because I'm trying to... It's going to bug me now. It's going to bug me. But I'm trying to think. Does Maurice sing? Does he sing? I'm gonna have to look. I'm gonna have to look up. If anyone wants to get in touch with me by either my personal or the show's Gmail, do do and give me the answer to that. Please do. Feel free. Um, you can get those contact details at the end of the show. So if you watch if you watch the YouTube version, you can go get those contact details at the end of the show. Get in touch with me. I'd love to know what know the answer to that. Um, but what I love is it's an opportunity to see that father daughter bond. Right down the display, and just to see how it's the it's these it's basically it's Maurice and Belle against the rest of the world, quite literally, because the rest of the world things were mad and balmy and all that. And it's just such a wonderful little number, and it gets the opp the opportunity for them to just to just to see that father father and daughter relationship on full display. It's to be to see to see how strong it is. It's just absolutely so. It's just so beautiful. I just really it's it's just a lovely nice number. It's just so gentle. Oh, I just quite love it. I also really love the fact that Maurice gets to sing. 
He gets to sing even more because he gets the reprise. Because then, literally, the next thing we have is the reprise of that, which is basically Maurice getting to sing. Um, we have to get chased by the pack of wolves. So there you go, Maurice, you get a solo. <laughs> it's a reprise, but technically, it's still a solo, mate. So, yay, good for you. Oh, we're so developing Maurice's character. We really are. Good for him. Good for him. Right. Then we get a really cringy, cringy number. This is where Gaston just goes full on. Me, 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 me. 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 So like, me. That's not because the song is called me. It's not because the song's called me. It's because Gaston is just literally so... For himself, he's just literally just like me, 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 me. Normally that would be a vocal war, you know, with a me, 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 me. But nope, here's just Gaston being like me, me, me. Cause it, 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 I just like this is just literally sort of cringe. This probably would be the point where we mean it did. Now this was now this was in the in the film. This would be the point where I have to go. Does anybody want a tea? Coffee! Cocoa! Anybody? That's my excuse to sort of go. It's like, anyone? No? No? Oh, fine. It's just so... It's just so, so, so cringe. I'm just like, what is going on here? Is he trying to woo Bell? Or coerce I don't even know if I pronounce that right. But it's just, it's just oh, I'm just pretty, pretty cringe out. It's like... Mm, just, well, did you curl for the ball in hell? Oh, it's not not pretty. It's not a pretty sight. But no, just oh, I can't, oh, I don't want to think about it. No, oh god. Oh. And Gaston already gets a number to himself to be all, um, all Bane and all that. And yet here we go. He gets two. So he thought one was by enough. Gaston's got two numbers. We need to talk about himself. Build me, 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 me. Oh my word. Well, the text it's free because he gets reprise. Uh, right, before all that, before all that, we then get a reprise of Belle, from Belle this time, so she gets to do the reprise of that, and then we get, oh, a beautiful number, Home, I love this one, this number, Home, it comes literally after Belle's made the decision that she's going to stay, and what I love, is it gives an opportunity to, to see from Belle how she feels about how he made that decision. Um, and it's just such an opportunity to, 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 to just, just lay all on, on, on the table as it is, just to express herself. And it just, it's got a real emotional scope to it. It's just quite an emotional number. And it's an opportunity for Belle to really tell how she really feels about, you know, oh, about how, oh, Chris Love wondering, oh, is, is, is this her life now? Will she ever get to go outside again? It's a, and even though it's her decision that she made, no one forced it into her, no one coerced her into it. You saw her. You saw it right. She did say yes. Or her own. No one pushed her. No one gave her that little gentle push or that shove. Nope, she did all her own. But this number is just so beautiful, so gorgeous. And it's just literally, it's, it's a moment where you literally just have to just go, where all the people go, hush! And you can sort of close your eyes and just sort of be taking a breath by it. And it's just absolutely beautiful. So we get a reprise on that, but this time the reprise is on Mrs. Potts, so it's quite nice, beautiful. So Mrs. Potts gets a little warm-up before she gets her big number later on in the second act. Right, back to Mr. Bane. 
Mr. S Mr. Oh, I don't do, do, do I look marvellous? The vain man that he is. <laughs> Gaston being all, This number, Gaston, just. It's supposed to be a business song, but I don't think I've ever seen a business song that flamboyant, so camp and so jolly. It's just, everyone's just being all actually just like work giving, just feeding his ego. And as we all know, Gaston does not need any help to feed his ego. He just doesn't need that at all. But it's just, ugh. But just, ugh, dear, dear. What's worse is you get a reprise of that literally not long afterwards. But the reprise is kind of more like Gaston and LeFou sort of scheming. They've now managed to come an idea of what to do to help their little dilemma. They've, now, they've actually now actually used the cogs in their heads. They've actually now turned for the first time in forever. Couldn't resist that, could I? Couldn't resist that. That's a different stupid show! Couldn't resist. That's that repeat is kind of there for them to be scheming in their plots and everything. Right. Oh, and then we get an emotion. Right. What we get now for the last three of that one is a musical sandwich. Let me explain! Let me explain. We get a musical sandwich. We get emotional number, group ensemble, emotional number. We got two emotional numbers from the Beast here that really portray how he feels and shows that different side to him. But what I love is how sandwich in the middle is of course the iconic be our guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Diane around your next sure you will provide the rest. I better stop because I'll go on all like what I yeah, but so what I quite, actually quite love is how it's been done. So you get two emotional numbers from the bees, but they are sort of sat, but sandwiched in between them to give you like a little break and sort of to compose yourself as sort of, you know, W-R-I. Because you might need a tissue at that point, you never know. You get this, what be your guess kind of where you get slightly W-R-I. Then go, and then let Louie be, give you a little upbeat, and then we've got to go back and be sad again. Ready for ice, ready for ice cream time. Intermission, interval, whatever you want to call it! <laughs> so the first of those two emotional numbers is How long must this go on? This is really a big opportunity for the Beast to basically for us to understand how he feels about this curse, which is the spell and wondering, you know, is will this ever really end or am I doomed to spend alternity as this, be as this Beast that I am and everyone thinks of me? It's just so wow, it's just a powerful, powerful number. It really, really is. It's just it's really emotional, just absolutely it's brilliant. Very well done there. There was the other view our guests we all know off by heart, we all love it. Lumiere comes on full display. This is basically Lumiere's time to shine. Lumiere and Mrs. Potts get as we know from the film, get an opportunity to shine. And the musical just gives it just uh, just takes it up to another notch. And they just literally just get to just be flamboyant, more flamboyant or more emotional. But here in Libya, he literally, Libya just literally just steals the show, steals the spotlight, chews up the scenery, as you expect him to. I swear, because this number you always think when you watch the film, this should be in a musical, this should be on Broadway, this should be done. And well, here we go! Here we go! And it's exactly how I expect it to be if we're going to put on Broadway. 
So there you go, it's Asbury. It's just so iconic, so recognisable. It's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. And you can conclude the first act, we're getting another emotional number for Wild Beast. If I can't love her. I think this is probably looking at the first sign of the, of the beast. Maybe, maybe starting to realise, well, actually, there might not be a chance. I might be developing, developing feelings for this girl, but I'm not sure she feels the same way. Well, she's, well, you're right, because she's not there yet. She's not there just yet, beast. We've got to wait for the second half act for that. She's not just there just yet. But it's quite nice, because it's, it's like the beast is now starting to think, oh, maybe. Is there a chance? Is there a chance? We'll see. Right, so my favourite from the first act, and I'm having favourites. I don't know. I don't know why I say we'll try. Say we're going to try and pick a favourite from each act because it never works. It, it never works. So I think from going forward, I'm going to say picking favourites. That's got to do it from now on. Character, it works. Character, it works. We do manage to pick a favourite character. It always works, but here it never, never works. So from now on, it's favourites. Of the musical numbers, not favourite, because let's face it, that's never worked from day one, has it? Nope. Right, so favourites from act number act one. I am taking with me home. Definitely having that. I also want no matter what. I think those are two beautiful numbers that are absolutely brilliant. Um, and I've got a happy our guest as well. So I'm going to take those for, so that's good three, because you've got two numbers from the musical and one from the film. So that's good. That's a good mix there. I mean, for very different reasons. No matter what, because of that, it's just, it gets to highlight and show that beautiful barber-daughter bond between the Belmaris. Home for... The emotional that can convey that it does and just is absolutely gorgeous and brilliant. And be our guest. Just, just, it's just a musical number we just need. Just need to be we need to bring up tempered a little bit because it gets quite a bit soft at times. But it's classic. It's a portal breath. It gets to be like upbeat and all jolly and everything. And of course, Lumia steals it. So it's going to be my favourite from Act 1. Now we're on to Act 2. So in Act 2, we have Entree, something there. Human again, Maison de Lune, Beauty and the Beast, a reprise of I Can't Love Her, a change in me, the mob song, Home, we, go, we get a second reprise from Home, except this time it's Belle, Transformation, and of course a reprise of Beauty and the Beast. But that's basically, just, that's basically the whole company just comes on, just does it to sort of close the show. We should get a lot of musical numbers. Right, so there's something there. This is quite a little fun musical number, isn't it? Because here is where everybody now, it kind of feels like we're in the school playground. It always feels like we're in the school playground. I was going, oh, have you seen what? Have you seen, have you heard those two getting built friendly on it? Do you think they're going to go around the bike shed and do it in the bike shed? Well, don't be the car who got a bike shed. Probably did the drawbridge. <laughs> At least. But it's, it kind of feels like school playground. Because everyone's not going, going, Oh, have you said, have you, oh, do you think they, do you think they, do you think they, do you think, everyone's now, and even Belle and the Beast are starting to sort of, they're kind of getting there, 
but they're not there just yet. But what I love is how the rest of the staff are like, we know. We know. You know I'll clock to yeah, but we know. You, you know. You're going to do it. You're going to fall for each other. You're going to do it. So, okay. Because they're like, they're, they're almost like, it's almost like it's hopeless. Like, it's like they kind of feel like there's just something there that wasn't quite there before. And what I love is how Chip's like, at the end, is like, what, Mama? And Mrs. Potts like, I'll tell you when you're older. Because <laughs> we all know, we all know, don't we? Yeah, we know. I'm like, just, no, Chip, you don't need to know that, love. You don't need to know. That's all in good time. All in, that's all in good. You just need to stay young, no, young and innocent, mate. Okay, we need to have at least one character who's innocent and you, and you both. So, no, you don't need to know All in good time. But I love when this plot goes, I'll tell you when you're older. I'm like, yeah, we know. We know. That's going to be one quite awkward conversation. Uh, staying with the staff because he, our next number, Human Again. Now this is obviously the original number from the musical. It's where the whole staff, so Lumiere, Mrs. Potts, Chip, Madame de la Grande Bouche, Babette, Cogsworth, all get to have this number. It's a real opportunity to get to hear their side and get to and see how they long to be human again and how and you get to hear them all one by one about like how oh when they're human again we can be this again we can all do that you can tell they're longing from 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 to be human it's just it's not much easier because you don't know she's duty to see what the spell is like for them it's just they've got to just go along with it and i think this number is the opportunity for them to sort of lament me like oh how am i gonna be human again it's gonna be Oh, well, I'm going to be able to this now. Now, I've got a little fact you got here, guys. This number, so human again, it was, um, it was actually written, um, for the, mo for the movie, but it got cut due to the complications it made on the film's timeline. Now, it was, and so therefore it was, it was repurposed for, uh, the, obviously for the, for the musical. Um, and on account of the musical's great success, an entirely new animated sequence based on the Broadway version was set to this song and inserted into the 2002 special edition DVD release. So if you've got a copy of that, alright, so if you've got a copy of that, go watch it so you can, fi so you can find it and pause it and make another bit. So if you've got a copy of that, Go watch that back and see if you can find it and see if the number. But what I love is it's the staff's probably one and only opportunity to portray to us how they feel in the current climate, how they're feeling in the situation right now, how and how they long to be human again. And each and every single one of them does it brilliantly. So Maison de Lune, this is just basically the billion number, the big billion number where you got Gaston Lefou, along with now Monsieur Diarc has now come down to the scene. Basically all that, the scheming, the plotting and all that, the rubber dis and everything, all that, all that probably that you will cackle. For me it was quite forgettable. Honestly it was. <laughs> For me I was like, yeah okay, this is a, it's a scheming, plotting, billion song, alright. 
NEXT! If it really was, it really just was that, that forgettable, so I think we'll just have to say move on and go to the next number, which causes... Oh, joy, everybody! <laughs> Beauty of the Beast, sung beautifully by Mrs. Potts. It's all so romantic. It's all be. It's the moment where the two love doves actually realise and all get to be. Well, but one thing's quite nice is Mrs. Potts helps to sort of draw away. Because this could be quite a very cringe and all lovey dovey, love sucky scene, but actually Mrs. Potts with the number helps to, to sort of take that down a notch and just because you don't just sort of want to focus on her and her beautiful martyrs and her vocals and just everything so that's quite beautiful because this is a well recognised number and oh my do they do it, do it justice they absolutely brilliantly do it justice they really really, really do so it's quite beautiful quite fun but and for Mrs Potts it's her opportunity to shine and now it's stage the lovebirds it's like, yeah, you two can when you want, Sam, do. Oh, don't mind me, don't mind me. Right. One, two, three, four. Mm hmm 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 uh, the beast has let Belle go to go back to see her father. Um, and so that's basically changed the tone of the song because now you've got to be thinking, oh no, what have I done? Should I really have let her go? Uh, nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you've got no idea what you've just set up now, mate. <laughs> oh, dearie, dearie, dear. Uh, and then we get to a change in me. I really love this number. As Belle gets to come, come comes back home, meets her father, and rather than just simply tell her father about how oh, it's happened over the lot over the past how many how much time has elapsed, I'm not sure we're sure about that. Um, she gets to do it in song, and you really get to see how much she's changed. You really do see that for Belle, it's almost like she's she's now got a new lease of life. She actually now sees things completely differently. It's like, it's like her time in the castle has actually changed her and changed her really for the better. She's a completely now new different character, which is absolutely lovely and brilliant. And it just, it just helps to develop her character just that bit more. It's, I, I think it's an absolutely brilliant number. I really love it, really do. Then we go to the mob song. I'm not really a big fan of this. It's just, ugh. It's... Yeah, we get it. Prejudices. We get it. You want to basically kill the monster and everything. Da -da 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 -da. Next! <laughs> just, I'm not a big fan of that one. Just move on! Move on! Move on! Well, they always get the battle. After that, uh... <sighs> Give me a sec. Because I should not be laughing at this next one. Shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> we get a second reprise of Home, 
And this is when the beast is literally dying. Belle's there. What shall I do? Instead of trying to revive him, I'll just sing him to death. My Bell, this is not the time to be going all into song thing when he's literally about to literally just die. It's like I just think it's just I'm gonna try and stop you some for Law, oh, because it's not supposed to be funny. I mean he's now dead, isn't he? No. He's now dead. Dead. That man is dead. Or so we think. Obviously, you get transformation and everything. And then, obviously, you finish off with the fire reprise. But this is what you know. But unlike all the other reprises, you do know the end of the musical. You do get, every now and then, you do tend to get, most of the time, the reprise, like the main number, to sort of end the, the musical. But, yeah. <laughs> right. So, favourites from Act 2 now. Um, this might be a bit more tricky. Because I've only got, I can only really think of two, which are human again, as a change in me. And I think I'm going to just... I know that's probably not fair to pick three from Act 1 and only two from Act 2, but I think that's what I'm going to have to do. Because I, I literally can't think of any others from this second act. So I'm going to have to just take from the second act. Human again, because I love how it's that one opportunity for the staff to show how and portray how they feel about everything and how they long to be human again. And a change in me, because I just love how it just shows how much Bella's changed from the beginning up to now. And we get to see, you get to see that in horseplay. So that's so I think that, so my first match here is going to be human again and a change in me. So that's probably not fair to pick three from that one for, and two from that two, but that's. That's what I'm going to have to do, do with regards to the musical number phrase, so that's how it's going to be. Alright, now, as always, it's time for the tricky part of the show, because obviously we've got to now talk about favourite characters. I'm picking favourite characters. If you've watched previous episodes, you know this is always a very tricky part of the show. Well, actually, today, I think it's going to be quite easy. Um, I think it's probably going to be quite easy, because I think I might have already given the game away. We did the musical numbers. Right. Now, I just need to clarify something. Um, because whenever we, cause I think when we're on the show, we talk about musicals that are adapted from particular works, like films or books, for example. I need to make very clear... We're talking about musical favourite characters, we're talking about them, their role in the musical, okay? So not, okay, so not the original source material, so in this case, the film. We're talking about my favourite characters, their roles in uh, the musical, okay? I mean, okay, and, and a good example for what we did, Frozen, you remember I did like a top three, that was based on who from the film, and then the musical I went and did, picked Elsa, that's how it was. So example, I could say like, Oh, that's my. These are my favourites from the fit. The film, and then the end. I'll go with that one. Yeah. So we've got we've got a couple of other um, um down the line. Then we've got a couple of other musicals coming up in, in in down the line where we will, which are adapted from uh, other works and like musicals and books. So not 
and bills and books and all that. Um, yeah, so I, but I always feel like I need to, whenever we do that, we talk about adaptation in musical, I have to reiterate, it's not my favourite from the source material, it's my favourite in the production. That's what I mean, okay? So there we go. So, let me remind you of our cast. We have Belle, the Beast, Gaston, Lifu, Lumiere, Mrs. Potts, Chip, Cogsworth, Babette, Madame de la Grande Bouche, Maurice, Mon and Monsieur Diard. So, I'm not going to do this in any particular order. I'm just going to just pick them one by one. Tell you what, let's get the least, uh, sort of like the inferiors out of the way first, shall we? So, Monsieur Diarc, we'll start with him first. Well, really, he's only there for like one bit, isn't he? Um, Monsieur Diarc, and I'm hoping I'm pronouncing him correctly. I mean, I did, I did study French. Um, I did it, I studied it from year four all the way to GCSE. It didn't end well. I don't want to talk about it. It brings back to any painful memories. But I have done friends. So it's a bit, bit hard. But I've always felt the less school's been a bit rusty. So I'm hoping that's all right. Monsieur Diarc. He's only there for like one little bit in the second act. Because he is the, um, the proprietor, um, governor, general, head in charge. Whatever you want to call it. He's the person in charge of the, um, asylum, the Maison de Lune. Um, that's his role. He's only really there in, in that for that one big one musical number, isn't he? Um, where he and what Lord Gaston Le Fou are basically just sort of scheming, sort of it's like the big outfit burns, and I was like, oh, I got evil plans, so it's nice to get at all that. That's what he's there for. Um, he does also prop up before the mob song as well for the rest of the mob, but mm, it's just, no, nah, I just. It just doesn't really. It's not. It doesn't really have much to do, does he? So he's like, he's like, he's basically like an inferior character. He's only like up for like one or two seasons, and he's like, bye. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, can't really do that. Can't really talk that much about uh, the Monsieur Diarc. He's only really there for like a little tiny little bit. It's, it's always like a blink and you miss. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so mm, but no, not really so much. It's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit creepy, a bit freaky, isn't he? I mean, uh, just, mm, right. So move on. Next we'll do, we'll stay with the villains. So we'll do Le Fou, Le Fou next. Who of course is Gaston's bumbling sidekick. But I feel like whatever, like whenever we see him in the, in the musical, I just feel like he's like a great big scary cat. Every time he has like an interaction with a cat, he's just literally, he's just literally like this great big scare, scary cat. It's like, Le Fou, go, go into the water to do this. Le Fou, go get dinner. Le Fou, go try cut out into the belt. Le Fou, go kidnap Belle's father. Le Fou, go do that. It's like, I can't. It's in the woods. I don't want to go in the woods alone. It's like, oh. Give me, give me a break, kid. Give me a break. Just no. It's just no. But, um, yeah. But he's just like, he's just like, bumbling before, like a bumbling idiot. It's just all... He's just like this one great big sort of scaredy cat. So it's like I just I just don't really want this can't really sort of made it out at all. It's just he's just like a big sort of like, like little pussy cat really. He's not really that sort of intimidating um, for a bit of sidekick. <laughs> but uh, uh, but <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so so we'll move on from him. Um, oh, should we get yeah, should we get the bins out of the way now? Because I want to do the, the castle staff all together. Um, 
So I think if we get Gaston out now, we can, we can just look for the castle stuff. So we'll do that. Gaston! Oh, God. What I always love about Gaston is how very well played it is. Because, oh my God, I don't think I've ever met a man in my life who is that so full of himself. I mean, literally Gaston is like, oh, don't I look marvellous? Look at me, please. I want to be the centre of what I call attention. Now, some gossip for you. Maurice has been... Asylum! What's talking actually talking? Airplane, airplane, keep up here. It's empty me, empty me. It's just like, just so for himself, Gaston. I'm just like, there are times where I just be like, just dial it down a bit, right? Dial it down. There are some times where Gaston literally just takes like, she's up. All the way over the top of that. Can we just maybe bring it down a bit level? Okay, we've got it. You, okay, you're the main head hunter, main villain. But can we just maybe tear it down a bit? Just maybe dial it down. Okay, you don't need to go all the way up there. Okay, just bring it down a little notch, not a notch or two. Just a little, little bit, just a little tiny bit. Okay, just sort of dial, it down. Just dial it down a bit. Okay, just, just, just take it down a bit. We don't need to go full blown OCT. Just take it down a bit notch, but. Mm. He's just so full of himself. He's so big. He just thinks he's he just thinks he's everything. And I'm just like, I just don't see it as a single redeemable feature in his in his body. Is just anyone else? Is anyone else thinking that? Does anyone else feel like it's not a single redeemable bone in Gaston's body? In fact, it's even a bone in Gaston's body. Because I feel like Gaston, Gaston is just made up of hair hair products, eyeliner. Moisturizer, fake tan, and a whole load of baby oil. That's my kind of thing makes up Gaston. It's not bones. It's ma it's male grooming products. That's what makes Gaston up. <laughs> it's just like oh my god, too much, too much. I mean, moisturizer, yes, because we all do. We all want to keep our youthful appearances. Yes, absolutely. Moisturise it. Yes, but all the others, you can do without, mate. You can do without. Right? Trust you can do without. But it's oh, but I don't think I met any any other man, whether in real life or in fiction, who is that vain as Gaston, and thinks he's so. Um, if Ga if Gaston could marry himself, I think he would. I I think he. If he wasn't that desperate to get Belle and shack up with her, can't say that. I think he probably would marry himself. If Gaston learned about the art of marrying yourself, he probably would do it. Uh, <laughs> he probably would. He probably, probably it'd be a struggle for Gaston because obviously he'd have to refrain from all the urges. But um, I think he would. Would I think he would? But yeah, but it's very well played, very well convincing. Yeah, you've got. Vincent, you literally have got me hating this guy from the word go, and you literally his performance like the whole production just makes me feel okay. Maybe, maybe it's not all bad. Maybe, maybe, maybe. No, no, nope, no. There isn't not a single any feature in it, not a single thing. But it's absolutely well played. But just not quite enough to score the win and be named favorite character. I'm afraid. Sorry. Right. Actually, before we get to the castle stuff, let's talk about Belle's father, Maurice, because this is the one that I've been teasing. 
So yeah, I've been teasing her. There's, there's one particular character who gets more to do in, the, in this in the musical. It's Belle's father, Maurice. He gets a lot more to do in this production. What I love is how they managed to develop him a little bit more. He's the only character that I think has had character development for the musical. Because he even gets to have a song. He even gets to sing. And I'm literally trying to think. And please, do get in touch with me if you think you know the answer. Because I don't. Because I'm struggling to think, does Maurice sing in the film? And I'm talking about the original one, not the live action one. I'm talking about the, the original one, which is, the, which is the source material. I'm trying to think, does Maurice ever sing in the film? Because all, all I remember from Maurice being in the film is like, just like a side character. You know, it's just like a side... He's, like, he's basically just there to help drive the plot along. So, you know, to, to, get, to get Belle inside the castle to set up the rest of the story. I just feel like Maurice is like a, like a side... That's like a side character. He's only there for plot purposes, and kind of once that's happened, he's basically served his purpose. However, he doesn't get bunged off because most characters that are just that are there to serve the plot do end up normally getting bunged off. Maurice doesn't; he gets to live. But uh, but I try to remember for the film, what does Maurice really do apart from allow himself to get captured? That's what I'm trying to try to think. Um, I I don't think you remember singing. And it's gonna bug me because I'm trying to think now. I'm gonna need to watch back the original version. I need to go watch that back, and then I can maybe look and go ah. Yeah, but I just try to think. Has ah, the song? It's brilliant. So what I love is you get to debate that father-daughter relationship between him and Belle. It's absolutely brilliant. Um. And he even gets the opportunity to sing. He even gets a reprise as well. It's love, lovely. Gets so yeah. So I feel like. Maurice is just so warm, so love, so loving. So it's just such an eccentric mad adventure as well. I just love it. I really love it. He's, he's, been, he's been given more to do. He's been given more to do for this for this um, his production. And I think it's absolutely brilliant. Because if you can only debate one of the characters, it has to be Maurice. Because all the others are pretty much, we, 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 we've got an idea of what they're like. So really, I'm kind of glad that, if we only got one character to bet more, I'm kind of glad it's Maurice. Because if I remember right in the film, Maurice doesn't have that much to do in terms of a role. So it's just absolutely brilliant. He got this opportunity to develop his character just that little bit more. It's absolutely brilliant. Right. Now we'll move on to the, um, well, to most of the castle stuff. I'm going to leave one till the very end. So I'm going to do most of the castle stuff now, then do our main two. And then go back to the last main character. And that, you're probably going to be able to work out, is who I'm choosing as my fave. Alright, so here we go. Right, so let's begin. Um, right, we'll do Chip first. Because Chip, I don't think, gets that much to do. Uh, because most of the characters, you can recreate them for the musical and make them feel like they are lifelike and able to sort of move about. But Chip is just sort of made stationary for the whole production. He just, just stays in the teacup all the, the whole time. Um, you know, but he just he doesn't really Because in the film, obviously, he's able to sort of move about, be free and all that. But in the film, in this production, he's just kind of just stationary. He's just like, it's just like, he just has to be, enough to keep me wheeled around. It's like, oh. 
poor kid. Um, what I do love is how he does still keep his useful love. He still keeps that childlike quality, which makes him quite lovable. But unfortunately, poor Jason Reed. Oh, the musical didn't do him justice. Let's face it. Um, but yeah, so he kind of sort of stuck like they still kind of very stationary. But what I do love is you use all those qualities that you know from, from the character. They're all still there, so he's still that like, quite lovable, quite cheeky, quite childish character, which kind of makes it quite lovable. Just, he's that innocent, youthful, the key that youthful, youthful chip, never change. So, next we'll move on to, let's move on to Madame de la Grande Bouche, who, of course, is the wardrobe. Oh, poor girl. Because you know what's coming, don't you? You know she's going to be the butt of all those innuendos and euphemism jokes. And I think even if, right, I think even if this character was even, was a, and I don't think it's because this character's a woman. I think if, he, if this character was either a man or woman, you still would have got the same, the same reaction. You still would have had all those innuendos. You still would have had the rude, the rude, the, the adult humour. It would have been either way. But, what I really like is, like is how deep a star she is. I just love that. She's just quite, she's just such a broad diva. Which I don't think you would have got in this card was portrayed by a man. Um, and she's very well known for opera, you know. I should just look it up, but I would love to hear more of those because I've only been to one opera. Was not great. <laughs> yeah, I've not had good experiences when it comes to opera. I ever saw one, and it was not really that great. It was kind of, it was kind of, it was kind of dull, dragging. I'm done a bit. It was, Ma it was Madame Butterfly. That's what it was. Ooh, was that long? Did that felt like we were there for weeks? But um, what I would have made light is Madame de Grand Bouche. Instead of having all these three reprises, I would have liked it because I remember that she's just like a little aria. You know, just like a rant for like, just like a little aria from any opera. Or take one of the songs for the, songs for the, for the musical and try and do that. Oh, that's nice. Like, you know, I'm not going to try and do it now because I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I'm going to dare. But no, that but, no, but I love how she's still for all this poor diva. Event. And I think she handles those in, 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 in those very, very well because you know they're coming. And even if this, 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 this character was done, was portrayed by a man, those silly little windows would still be there. But uh, but I think she handles it very well. But she's just such a good diva. I just love that. Blah, blah, blah. I love to have seen her do the cool. Oh, I'm open hand then. Next, we're going on to Babette. Her course is Lumiere's Little Flame. <laughs> Uh, Babette is the uh, Beaver Duster. Um, what is quite interesting about Babette is her characterization in terms of the curse fits fits her role quite really because she was the maid of the castle and she's now been turned into a Beaver Duster. Talk about, talk about coincidence! <laughs> There's another one who has that same coincidence as well, but for different reasons. We'll go up to, go, go, go up to it in a little moment. Um, but yeah, talk about coincidence there. I mean, yeah, she fits her translation perfectly. What I think is really great about that is how she's just so, she's a little minx, isn't she? She's just so flat. She's just, what a little minx! She's just so, she's so flirty, she's just so saucy, she's just so flirtatious. It's like, like, oh, what? Well, okay, it's like, whoa, um, 
And of course, the special edition is about Lumi, and they literally just want literally just you just want to yell to both. They're just like, get on room. <laughs> but it's like, oh wow, it's just 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 she can be quite outraged sometimes, but it's but but it's literally just but at the same time, it's, but at the same time, it's quite playful. It's quite playful. It's not that awful. Not that it's quite playful from time to time. But she can be a little quite a little mad when she wants to be free. Quite, quite brilliant. That is. So, talking about the other character whose character position fits the bill, Cogsworth. Cogsworth, um, obviously, is turned into a grandfather clock, which fits him quite well. Because when you first meet him, he's just like the moodiest person you could have ever met. He's just so moody. He's just so. He actually is like a grumpy old man. I know she'll be supposed to be portrayed as an old man, but he just he is like a grumpy old man. He's just so moody, so bad-tempered, so wound up. That was not excused upon. That was not intended. But it's just it's just so it's just so it's I'm I'm like it's like Cogsworth, who hurt you so bad you can't trust? You know? It just feels like well so it's kind of brief, so his characterization in terms of the class is quite it's not really because it's a spell. It's a spell. Well, it's because of what it has in the out about section. His conversation in the spell is quite brilliant because obviously he's quite moody, quite bad tempered, quite wound up. So, what should he be turned into? A grandfather clock, which does eventually develop a wind up on his back. How can you, how do you sleep at night with that on you? You must have to sleep standing up. Oh, that must be quite painful. That must be quite painful. But, yeah. But Cogsworth and Babette, those two, their conversation is absolutely brilliant. But Cogsworth in terms of personality and for Babette in terms of occupation. It's almost like this it's like the spell kind of knows what it's doing. Oh, yeah, I know what to turn these people into. <laughs> Just you wait, yeah. <laughs> but Cosworth does I think Cosworth does mellow, right? Give him time. You have to give Yeah, she did have to give him the entire musical, but I think by the end of it, Cosworth does mellow a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. Can we all agree to a little bit? Little, little. Alright, so we'll move on. We'll move on to Mrs. Potts. Oh, so kind-hearted. So much. She's making up the mother of the group. Not and that's not because she is a mother, but she's like the mother of the group. So maternal. Um, you know, just so love. You know, just so loving, so warm, so kind-hearted. Just such a gentle person. Which is, which is a surprise because Marge has to put up with, Lum with Lumia and Cogsworth. How she's managed to put up with that and keep a little head. I praise her. But, just don't be, and of course, Mrs. Potts gets to ha have that wonderful moment where she gets to shine in, in, when, uh, obviously with the Beauty the Beast number. That's where she really comes out as her own. It's absolutely brilliant and breathtaking. But I love how she's just so, such a kind-hearted person. She's so warm, so light-hearted, warm-hearted. Kind hearted, she's such a wonderful, she's got a big heart. And you see that being expressed about the entire number, she's so caring with everybody. She's just trying to be, keep them all sort of calm and sort of tranquil. She's such, she's, 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 she's basically the mother we've never had. Oh, we love Mrs. Potts. Right, on to our two heroes. So I think you probably worked it out. If you haven't, don't worry. Worry, we'll get to her, but if you have worked out, Keep it to yourselves, alright? Don't spoil it for everyone else. Right. Let's move on to the beast next. So. Now. The idea of the spell is that it makes the beast 
um, complete, um, what people see from him on the outside, which is lack of compassion, short-tempered, and commanding. And you do see those qualities throughout the entire time. You do see he's got a lack of compassion, which we saw at the very beginning in the um, prologue, when the rate, obviously, we met the Enchantress. That is there for sure. Short temper, well, that's on full display from the word go. I mean, is there a moment where nobody's getting shouted at by the beast? Hmm? That is a definite. And it's very commanding. It's like, it's always like, Livia! Livia! Oh, Cogsworth! Get in now! He literally loses all these imperatives, the beast. Literally just flings them left, right, and centre. It's very commanding. It's like, it's like, no, 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 get it! Livia, come over here! It's like, there's no, this isn't any, Livia, come over here, simple players, none of that. It's just, Livia, get it now! <laughs> but, he does have a warm, loving heart. Better than need that sort of gruff exterior. It's just, you've got to really sort of give him a chance to show it and i think that is where the new numbers come in so those numbers work because there are a few moments i think what the beast in this production does it portrays a typical man who doesn't show their emotions that's what i think the beast is trying to portray in this musical but there are a few numbers where when the beast is on his own so there's how long must this must this go on and if i can't love her those moments, is what, I, what, I really, what I really love, is it gives the beast an opportunity to portray himself in a much kinder and much gentle light, and also gives the opportunity for him to express his emotions, which is something a typical man. Now I'm not. Now I. Now you, I would. Ne I'm never guilty of this because I'm an emotional person. Okay, so he. So whatever emotion is, is in. Is in He's literally trying to borrow his way to the surface. I just literally like a pop full display. But most, but 99% of, of all men on, on, on the planet would not be like me. They would literally just hide it. And But this is a clean beast to try and portray that 99%. I'm not. I'm, I'm the 1% who does display full left, right, center, OTT. You get the drift. But what I love, and they do have a main, pretty much main in the first half, first act. But it's an opportunity for you to see a different size of the beast and makes you go. Oh, well, actually, it's he's not all that bad, or he's not that really bad tempered. He's not really, he's not a cold-hearted-y, hearted cow. He said something rude there, but I won't, because obviously it's a podcast. But I was close, but no, mice were strange. Just a nick of time. You do see some more gentle side, and, oh, and you, you actually go, oh, it's human. <laughs> of course it is human, it's a human child. Put under a spell, but you can't get the drift. Like, oh, it's got a heart. After all, and that's the beauty of a musical adaptation. Because in the film, I do not think you get that. You don't get those moments. Here, in a musical, we are given an opportunity. We're actually given two opportunities to see a different side of the beast. And what's interesting is those moments come when he's on his own. It's always like, right, whenever I'm around anybody, anybody else, or it's the staff, or somebody else, or Bell, I'm around somebody, I've got to try and put this sort of massive tears, like, pop the chest up, pop the guard up, be up, and all that. 
but I'm on my own. And it's just sort of lay it all out and just let process it and just let it go on full display. That's that's what I love about Heather Bees is you get to see different, it's, it's not one-sided like the source material. You get an opportunity, you get an opportunity, and oh boy does he utilise, use it well. You get an opportunity to see a different side to her, more gentle side of her, and that gets you thinking, oh, right, well maybe all this time we've been thinking wrong, badly of him, you think. And then we come on to Belle, who's a very vibrant, very intelligent young lady. Young lady. Um, she's very well. I was expecting Belle. She's very wise for her years. A bit like me. I'm. I seem to be a bit more. Oh, wiser and older than I look. One of the Belles like me, and she's got she's got the mental she's got and she's got the mental age as someone twenty years older than older than her biological age. That's how I feel. <laughs> I always feel like my mental age is like 20 years older than the actual body clock is. Bit worrying, but uh, but you know, but it's interesting about what Mima is. Whenever you see Belle around in the in the in the town, you always think, how does a girl like her live in a town like that? Because the towns are very close-minded. They're very they're very old-fashioned. They're very stuck-up. They're the kind of people who I would probably have to punch in the face. Because they would, because literally, it would take, probably take a what? I don't know, set your watches. I've not got mine on loan. But you know, set your watches. 50, probably, what, say what? 30 seconds, they'll piss. Nope, close there! Did that, did that come out? Did that come out? Sorry! Right, excuse me, what? If that came out. Pop, pop on. If that came out, I apologise now. Um, hopefully it didn't. If it did, I apologise now. Oh my god, this could be the first time I swore the podcast. Oh god. Hopefully, with the post edit, that did that did not come out. But if it did, excuse me. All right. I think I might do. I might go back and see if it did, and have to put a bleep in. But I probably. But scale point, it probably got what, what? How long did it take for them to tick tick me off? Tick. There we go. That's what you say. I reckon I think it take them to tick me off. 30 watches, 30 seconds, go! And then probably... THREE SECONDS I'M ALREADY ANNOYED! They're eventually probably going to say, OH I'M SO ANNOYED! 20 SECONDS! DO BRACE! You get the drift. You get the drift? If I was living in a town like that, it probably, I probably would end up, have, end up having to punch them all. I really would. I just feel like, always feel like, how's the girl like Belle end up in a town like that? She's far too wise and intelligent for all these lot. She really is. Um, absolutely. Um, and what I do quite love is how she just, you know, she just literally just longs to, for a life. She wants to try for longs for more in life than um, than what, than what she's got. And I don't think she is perceived to be quite odd. She's just being Belle. That's why I always say, hey, people, I'm just being me. You know, that's what Belle's doing. So, like, you go, girl. Just go. Be you. Do you. Otherwise, we're all boring. It's boring. Otherwise, we're boring. We're all just, like, just the same. So, no, you go, girl. Um, yeah. And I do love some of her num- numbers that she gets. So, so, so in terms of the other musical numbers, which we talked about earlier in the previous section, I do love some of those num- 
those new numbers from Pabelle, because it gives me the opportunity to see more scope to her. Because you can also to see how she's feeling about having made the choice she's made. And also, in another one, you get to see what, how she's changed. Because she goes for a whole, the J word. This is not a swear, but it should be a swear word. The journey. The J word. Oh dear. Well, we have now sworn now. She's used the J word. But Belle does go on a journey throughout the whole... And he just stops saying the J word. She goes on a complete journey. It's the last time I'm going to say it. She goes on a whole... You know, throughout the whole whole musical. And what's interesting is... You do get a nice moment in the, in the musical where she does have a lot to basically to express how much she's changed and what she's been through. How it's really changed her for the better. So, look. So, there's a little bit of room there for growth. You think, you think she's... Le- Learn all there is to know about the world. Well, here we go. Here's an opportunity to be thrown in. Just get a little bit more education out there for you. Every day's a learning day, Belle. Remember that. Right, lastly. Lumiere. I have saved the best for last. I think you can probably work out what's coming up next, boys and girls. Madame Michelle's Ipoules of Vons. Oh, come on. I had to, did I? Come on. I had to. We're getting near the end of the show. I had to throw some French in. Right. Come on. Come on. Come on. Right. I actually just love Lumiere. And what? He's just so suave. He's so sophisticated. He's so flamboyant. He's so full of life. He's so jolly. And I love how the musical is able to literally just bring that. All on full display. Maybe a little bit OTT. I don't know about you guys, but it's just brilliant. It's just such so, so brilliant, Aluria. I, I literally just want to be my best friend. <laughs> it's just so brilliant. You no, know, he's supposed to be the major D the hot of the castle, but he's a he's a brilliant major D. He's definitely still a person you want. Uh, it's like a fancy nightclub or uh, on the. Oh, the night. Oh, the night. Ah, oh, it's just so brilliant. And of course, be our guest is of course his big moment, his big opportunity to shine. It's absolutely brilliant. He's just so, he's just so brilliant. I just love, just love, love him. I just absolutely just love him. It's just, just a bit. Just love. I just love his personality. Oh, that's me. What do this? It's his personality and how he never switches it off. Normally, those type of characters would literally annoy the heck out of me, and I can say heck, right? That I can say. You can say heck. You can say that. That's not swearing. You can say that. You can say heck. Can we be allowed to say that? Normally, those kind of would annoy the heck, annoy the heck out of me, and um, I literally would like. Although I'll just take them in doses, but with Lumia, I just love him. I, I honestly just love him. I just think he's just so brilliant. I just absolutely love him. I'm just like, you just do not change him yet. Do not change because just, I just love him so brilliant. Just, he's just so sophisticated, just so suave, just so flamboyant. I just literally love every single moment about it. He's just, he's just so, he's just brilliant. He's brilliant. Right, so, have you worked it out? Who I'm going to choose as favourite character to close the segment off? Have you worked it out? Well, if you haven't, let me reveal to you who it is. My favourite character from the musical, Beauty and the Beast, is... Had to be. It's got to be. And it is... It's Lumiere. It just, it just had to. It literally... 
just had to. And remember, we're talking about in the musical, not the source material, so not the film. We're talking about their roles in the musical. Just love him. Oh, that was really lovely, yeah. It's brilliant from the problem beginnings. Yeah, he just it's just so brilliant. Yeah, so for me, Lumiere is my favourite character from Beauty and the Beast. Well, sadly, it's time for us to say au revoir. Thank you so much for joining us. And until the next time, that's showtime. Goodbye. Never dreamed that a home could be dark and cold. I was told. Every day in my childhood